0: Welcome to pieces for my puzzle. I'm your host Nikki Shipp, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Shipp. Thanks so much for joining us today. Last week, we spoke about communication and how that's a two-way street between parents and kids and how we are equally as responsible on how we speak to our children. This week, we're going to talk about how sleeping through the night is so important and how some sleep patterns and behaviors can actually result in insomnia and poor sleep. This is a really big topic in our household, and um, I'm hoping that some of these quick tips are helpful for you. I know they've been helpful for us, but it it has been quite a challenge when it comes to Drayson's sleep. Drayson, unfortunately, does not sleep through the night, so he is now 10 years old, and on average, he wakes up anywhere from one to three times a night, um, almost like an infant. So it is difficult for us to all get sleep in the home. Let me start off first though with a disclaimer. I'm going to say that I am not a medical professional um, and any underlying medical conditions should be consulted with your doctor. You should be talking to your healthcare providers when it comes to sleep and helping helping your child with sleep. Uh, I am just simply sharing what we've done as a family and what I have found um, works for us. So I encourage you to speak to your doctor and your care providers to help with disrupted sleep. I mean, that's what we do. That's what we've done in the past, and uh, we found we found it to be really helpful. So it's an ongoing process, and we're still working on it, but we are making progress. I'm happy to say. Drayson, like I said, uh, he sleeps between an average of one to three times a night. I learned later that this is very common for those that have autism paired with ADHD. And um, I've also noticed that it's not something that's spoken about very often. Um, I think sometimes as parents, right, we get in the grind of taking care of our kids and, you know, we don't get a lot of sleep and you just kind of tend to get up, get going and push through your day, but it's never really a big complaint that you're not getting enough sleep. You're just kind of going through the motions. So I've I've noticed that in the autism community, community specifically, excuse me, that um, it's not something that's talked about very often and how much the, the disrupted s- uh, sleep affects our children. But um, I personally just thought that it would resolve itself with Jason. Um I thought that it would just get better over time as he got bigger. But here we are, and he's now 10 years old, and this has literally become an exhausting situation for us. Um, there can be many reasons why um, your child might not be sleeping through the night. It could be something called sleep disordered breathing. It could be sleep apnea. Um, even restless leg syndrome in children can be um, a common theme, um insomnia um even uh, what they call melatonin dysregulation narcolepsy and even difficulty waking uh, so far d has just insomnia he wakes up several times throughout the night and sometimes getting back to sleep can be really difficult for him Uh, We did do a melatonin sleep study years ago, and we didn't see any results from that. That was one thing that we decided to try to do was explore the melatonin route. And um, it's amazing to me. We can give this kid a heavy dose of melatonin. Um, and it gets him to sleep, but it doesn't keep him to sleep. Keep him asleep, which is re- actually really common with melatonin. Melatonin is a substance that your brain produces, um, and it, you should be able to produce it through the night. So, melatonin dysregulation is actually quite common with children on the spectrum um, and with ADHD. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, like I said, we did the melatonin study, and we didn't really see any results, but. Your REM sleep, right? REM sleep, it's so valuable for so many reasons. And um, especially for kids on the spectrum, a lot of studies show that that um, when you go to sleep, that it helps with a lot of restorative processes, right? So when we go to sleep at night, we consolidate our learning and our memory during REM. So if your child's not getting enough REM sleep throughout the night... What they're learning and where their memory is, it's not integrating. That's the time when those things integrate. So it's super important to make sure that that REM sleep is happening. It's vital for physical and mental health. Studies have shown an increase in depression, anxiety, and mood swings when not getting enough sleep. It it affects your serotonin and dopamine levels, which we can all agree if we don't have a good night's sleep. I mean, I know I'm a grumpy bear. And I'm putting that mildly when I don't get enough sleep. Um, so we're not when you're when that affects your serotonin and your dopamine levels. You don't give your body any time to recover. It also helps to detox your brain at night when you're sleep, when you get good sleep. And it can impact your neurotransmitters. So neurotransmitters again are related to your mood, your sleep cycles, and and a lot of other regulatory systems in your body. It can increase pain and sensory difficulties or more difficulty, difficulty regulating emotions, struggle with basic functioning, and cannot handle stress well. And these are all studies that I've read, um, that, I've, that I've researched and that I've read um, about specifically about kids on the spectrum. And I've noticed that when Drayson does not get good sleep, his sensory is off the charts. And now that he's getting older, and he's getting bigger, and he's changing, right, the hormones, he's 10 years old, so I'm looking at potentially preteens happening here really soon, um, he's having a hard time regulating his emotions. He'll, he'll he'll just randomly start crying, and I'm not really sure why, um, but I have found that that happens when he's not getting good sleep. And these are just a few things that I'm naming here. There's a lot, much longer list than what I'm talking about right now, so... Um, Here are a few quick tips to maybe help if you're, if you guys are struggling with um, sleeping through the night and you have a child on the spectrum, here's a few quick tips of some things that you can do. First is to do your research. Um, There's many articles out there, as I just mentioned, that I've, that I've read about sleep, um, autism, and ADHD. So do your research and look for credible research. Look for research that's done by um, maybe um, educational institutions that are published on the National Institute of, of Health um, or any uh, other type of um, of credible, um, excuse me, websites. Um, don't leave it to Facebook or Instagram. To get your information, okay, delve deeper and make sure that you're really doing your research. Talk to your doctor if needed. Um, Use the research that you found to open up that discussion with your doctor about about your child's sleep. Um, I know that I've walked in with research articles to talk to Drayson's pediatrician about just to try to gain some more perspective. Another critical step that you can do is track their sleep cycle, see if there's a pattern or if there's triggers. Um, what did they do right before bed? Um, did they, uh, What did they eat for dinner? Did they have any late night snacks? Um, did they stay up too late? Um, and even did they seem worried or anxious right before bed? All of these things you want to take note and you want to track their sleep cycle. What you're trying to do is create a catalog so that you can see if there's a pattern. Create a nighttime ritual before bed. Uh, work with your care team on this one. If you um, aren't sure what to do, I know we've worked with our care team about setting some things in place, but um, create a nighttime routine. So for example, Drayson, he takes a shower before bed. So we know that he's going to take a shower, brush his teeth, put on his pajamas and get ready for bed. Um, we read to Drayson every night. So that's part of the ritual is that we'll sit down and read a book with him right before he goes to sleep. Um, I also have a diffuser in Drayson's room. So maybe diffuse some lavender in the room. Um, that's what we do with, with Drayson. And try to keep everything as calm as possible. So no playing with toys, no electronics or video games. Um, we have uh, three dogs in our home. Two of them are puppies, six months old right now. Yes, we're crazy. We decided to get two six-month-old puppies at the same time story for another time. But anyway, um, so we try to keep everything really, really calm um, and make sure that there's no roughhousing or play right before we're going to go to bed. Okay. And sometimes that's hard, right? When you're managing a household because everyone's just trying to get settled in for the night, but it always seems like there's some sort of organized chaos going on at the same time. So this is something that as a family, we've very much committed to. So we know that when we Drayson now knows that as soon as he's ready for bed, we go into his room, he picks out a book, we put lavender on, you know, start diffusing the lavender in his room, and then we reread his book. Um, understand your resets. So um, sometimes if the disrupted sleep is so bad and you just want to get them to sleep the next night, we, you need to be mindful of maybe... Um, being able to reset that. So, for example, maybe there's no nap that takes place during the day. If they're younger and maybe they're not in school yet, maybe there's no nap. You're just going to keep them up until they're ready to just collapse and go to sleep for the night. Um, use a sleep aid, melatonin, or something prescribed by your doctor. Again, I would talk to your healthcare provider about this. Even um, a child dosage of melatonin should be discussed with with uh, your child's physician, Um, Even exercise during the day, and this is something that we've actually noticed new with Drayson that I will be talking about in an upcoming episode, but we actually have Drayson now going to the gym a couple times a week, and um, he's actually working out, and we've noticed that he's sleeping a lot better. So exercise during the day can be highly beneficial to help reset them to sleep through the night. Try relaxation strategies before bed. That's another thing that you can do. all um, trigger the brain that it's time for bed. It, it everything triggers the brain at the same time. So Drayson knows that when the lavender goes on, his brain gets that stimuli that oh, it's time for bed and that's when it's done consistently. It takes about 21 days to formulate a habit, right? So try something for at least three weeks and see if that helps to kind of calm the situation. Um so we've done meditation music with Drayson. You can do meditations, even guided meditations, um, soft music or nature sounds. Um, and like I mentioned, essential oils. So if lavender isn't an oil of choice that you'd prefer to use, um, you can use something like cedarwood or something else that's also calming, but also um, maybe uh, smells nice to, the, to your child as well. Um, Drayson loves lavender. So that's the one that we use. And like I said, try each little change for at least three weeks and track that progress. Try not to do all of these things at one time because you're not going to know what works if you're trying to do three or four different things at one time. So if you're going to incorporate any of these things, pick one and try it for about three weeks and track the progress. Then maybe incorporate something else and see how it works. Um, in this particular situation for us, there's a lot of trial and error, so you will find that there's a lot of trial and error on this, but I'm going to be highly encouraging encouraging until you just don't give up. Okay, So this is something that we still work, work on as a family and that we're finding that it's a process of elimination and we're constantly having to examine what works best for Dresen. Okay, well, now I feel like I need a (laughs) nap. This concludes our episode for today. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget that we do have Red Zone t-shirts available. If you haven't heard about our Red Zone t-shirts, for those of you watching, I'll hold one up. Um, for those of you listening, I'll describe it's this cute little T-shirt that says, I'm in the red zone, except it's made for parents because it has a little red glass of wine on there. So um, if you use zones of regulation, you'll understand 100% what this is about, um, but these are uh, a fun way to also spread uh, autism awareness and uh, what the red zone really means, and um, and uh, so you can email me, excuse me, at info at piecesformypuzzle.com, and we will go ahead and we'll mail one of these out to you. They're $25 plus shipping, but we will go ahead and send one of these with some other additional happy mail as well. If you have a story about your child that you'd like to share with us, please email me at info at piecesformypuzzle.com or perhaps maybe you have a question that you would like to hear a response to. Feel free also to email us in with those questions. Don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, at Pieces for My Puzzle. If you like what you're hearing, please spread the word to others that this would help maybe create more awareness, and feel free to give us a good rating on your preferred podcast platform of choice. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep working on your puzzle, and remember, it doesn't have to be all solved in a day. Take care.